Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. The bigger picture, only on Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Thanks for joining us on The Bigger Picture. Well, on Monday, we look forward to what's to come for the rest of the week and what's going to be on the radar for investors and to help us unpack what's to come. We've got Oriano Lidza. He is the sales trader for CMC Markets. Good morning, Oriano. How was your weekend? Uh, good, thanks, Ryan. Yeah, quite relaxing. Nothing too uh, exciting, I'll be, I'll be honest. What about yourself? Well, we do have a long weekend coming up, so maybe that's something you can plan ahead for. And talking about planning ahead, we've got a lot for investors to look out for. So let's start with some of the big data points we can keep an eye out for. And here is where I've got the BOJ in focus, plus some data points from the US. So give us a lowdown first on what's happening with Japan when it comes to interest rate expectations and where inflation is going. Obviously, one of the big headlines, Ryan, is that we have a changing of the guard. So uh, Haruhiko Kuroda was in charge for a number of years and has now been succeeded by Kazuo Ueda. So I guess one of the first things when we have any, any new change in sort of power is to really understand the individual um, and, and what their kind of approach is, whether they're dovish, whether they're hawkish. So speculation suggests that he won't do a U-turn on monetary stimulus. Stimulus, sorry. So Governor Kuroda had a three-pronged attack uh, basically in terms of sort of curbing inflation and, and, and exercising growth for Japan. So that involves stimulus, asset buying, and a yield curve control. And they, they did this by set, set, setting a ceiling on the government 10-year bonds. So I think initially there won't be too many surprises in his de- debut meeting. Um, he'll aim to stabilise the yen as it continues to come under quite a lot of pressure from dollar bulls and wider, trader, uh, wider traders in the market as well. Yeah, Reno, as we see more central banks under pressure to well, tighten, we'll see if B- the BOJ is going to lean towards the end as well. And something that will inform where the FOMC is leaning towards when they do have their rate decision come the early week of May. What can we expect when it comes to the GDP data and how that's going to inform that meeting? Yeah, I think I think with obviously GDP, uh, the primary focus or something that they're looking at in conjunction with uh, PCE inflation data, which is the real read that the Fed likes to use as a barometer or benchmark, will be consumer uh, spending figures, um, which did actually uh, increase and gave obviously the market um, and consumers a little bit more confidence in the direction or, or potentially where the Fed's going to go. My personal opinion is that the Fed, based off the banking crisis, was forced to pause and this is not actually a pivot, which a lot of people are sort of viewing that, that, that particular pause as being. So at the moment, there is an 83% probability that rates will be raised at the next meeting and that GDP will come in slightly lower than the last quarter's figure. So from an investment or trading standpoint, it's, it's important not to get too, I guess, sucked in, in into the story um, of, that, of that particular pause and bide your time in terms of the upcoming Fed meeting. All right, we'll see if we do get 25 basis points or more or at least what's to come down the road and something else that's going to be coming is the golden week in china so that's typically when we had a when we have a huge stretch of holidays there we've got people traveling and whatnot what is this going to mean for markets 
Yeah, so I think they generally, this is quite a good barometer for uh, potentially commodity markets. Obviously, travel and tourism has seen a natural increase um, with sort of airline capacities going up between 75 to 80% of occupancy. So that's something positive, but that's obviously something also expected. So, you know, the main benefactors of those will be the airline travel groups and, and the hotel groups. Um, it is expected that there will be around, on April the 29th, which is the first day of, of the week, uh, there's around 395,000 individuals expected to be travelling, which would be a record for that period. Now, that could obviously help to alleviate last week's, you know, sort of short-term decline in oil prices, where they fell by 6%. But in comparison, they had rose considerably with gains of circa 20% in, in the previous weeks. Why is this important, I guess? Because it's, you know, crude oil is not used, but jet fuel consumption is a leading indicator um, on the global performance of broader oil market. So in China, it has almost fully recovered from pre-pandemic levels. And then a lot of the positive signs from an OPEC perspective suggest that they are looking to step in to prop up that price. Other factors, oil is not so straightforward. It has many, obviously, geopolitical and macroeconomic factors. Is um, Russia has also moved in to sell oil at discounted prices to its mm. allies, China and India, of late. Now, what's actually happened is the market has uh, sort of come full circle, where those particular, um, those particular, I guess, buy sale uh, oil deals between between the two countries have actually gone back and, and, and been sold to the market at inflated prices. So what you see on the surface is not necessarily reflective of what the actual goes behind the scenes, but that is helping prop up the uh, oil market and it may be positive in the short term for. All right, we'll keep an eye out for oil prices and how they play out. And also something to watch out for, Oriano, is the earnings season. That is really getting underway this week with the tech earnings. And just to give you an idea of what's to come, uh, looking at the calendar this week, we've got Alphabet, PayPal, Meta, Amazon, Intel, and that is alongside the likes of Boeing, Coke, Activision Blizzard, Caterpillar, Axon, Chevron. So we can kind of tell it is a very busy week when it comes to numbers. And on top of that, you have the banks, UBS and Credit Suisse due to report. So let's start with that first. Of course, in the backdrop is what's been happening with SVB, the fallout, and also Credit Suisse being absorbed by UBS. To, to what extent do you think this is going to have you know, an impact on the wider banking sector, Oriano? Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. And as obviously a given time, we've seen that the acquisition um, of Credit Suisse by UBS, um, in the short term, it will always have a negative impact. They will naturally absorb some of their toxic a- a- assets. So in the short term, it may not look for good reading, but it going, you know, looking longer term, it does stabilise that European and specifically Swiss bank banking sector. So if you just on Credit Suisse, they've actually become a chief benefactor of the deal because they have been rescued. So it's forecasted at 54 cents um, and the revenues come in at 8.93 which is an increase. So those particular banks, I think, are somewhat dislocated to the US regional banks. Now, they, they're actually having a bit of a, a bit of a growth spurt here at the moment. So, but one thing to obviously caveat and obviously to be aware of that net interest income um, has been increasing with the inflationary environment that we're, that we're currently facing. But 
a bigger concern will be the run on client assets and whether that subsides or that continues um, because they, they may not be directly reflected into um, this particular earnings. So we, we might see a, a short pump in the, in the share price, but once they get booked to the balance sheet um, and the NII uh, decreases over time, should we see a, a interest rate cut, that then we'll get a clearer picture. Um, specifically, First Republic, which was sort of suffered the biggest contagion effect following the SVB uh, fallout. Again, short-term uh, popping out by JP Morgan and other regional banks just to help them with their liquidity uh, issues. But one of their biggest exposures is to the housing market, so the loan market. So that is facing, coming under a lot of pressure with uh, new home sales and obviously housing uh, declining, and especially in the commercial sector. So loan growth could potentially decline, which mm. may uh, lead to a negative impact on their balance sheet and their, and their share price long term. Yeah, especially with how more banks are starting to put aside more cash for potential defaults. That's also an area to watch out for. And let's wrap things up with the tech earnings. So Microsoft, Meta, and Amazon in focus. And of course, these days, more bad news than good news when it comes to tech. Layoffs have been in the equation. So what can we look out for here? Yeah, exactly. No, you're spot on, Ryan. Uh, the tech layoffs, I think, when we saw uh, earlier in the year, they seem to give a bit of a false read on the market. So naturally, lower capex will assist with, uh, you know, I- impacting uh, share price or price action positively. Um, Alphabet earnings per share is expected to come in at 1.06 or a 17.8% decline from a year ago, but their revenue is expected to have a 1.7% uh, increase annually at 56.95 billion. So that is, you know, somewhat positive, but also conflicting at the same time. From an investment standpoint, commodities have been used as a bit of a safe haven to fend off fears of recession, but so have some of these mega cap stocks. That Fed rate uh, rate decision will, will come into play with a lot of these banks, obviously, uh, sorry, these tech companies, obviously, high, highly leveraged. And, you know, investors need to sort of tread with caution. One thing that has helped both uh, Microsoft and Amazon in the short term um, has been the development and, and the biggest buzzword around the markets of the AI or chat GPT mm. functions. So what we're seeing is a pivot away from the traditional, you know, services they did offer in terms of e-commerce and somewhat to an extent of those cloud services. So businesses are now having to become a lot more diversified with an ever-changing landscape. And, and that's basically the way they're having to deal with some of these, you know, overheads and lower performance. Yeah, the AI bandwagon. We'll see how many more jump on that commentary this week with the earnings coming out. We've been chatting Orion Litzer. He is a sales trader for CMC Markets. Help us to unpack what is to come for this week for traders to look out for. Thank you so much for your time, Oriano. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great week. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.